Well, welcome to Ryan Spell's podcast. This is actually season two. And the only reason I'm calling it that is because I took a little break. But uh, <laughs> season two, we got really busy um, this summer. And so um, we're back. And this one's going to be exciting because this is an expert interview. Um, I have Matt Williams with me, and uh, he's one of our partners. And uh, we'll talk and dive in and get to know him. But Ryan Speltz, Connection Media, um, is our new company name. Connection Publishing is uh, going to go away or be a, a, a kind of a, a second business name. But but anyway, we're uh, we're excited because we're doing so much more than publishing nowadays. Yeah. So doing a ton. But yeah, so tell us, uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Where are you from? And family and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. My name is uh, Matt Williams and I'm from North Ogden, Utah. Well, I live here now. I, w- I was born in uh, born in California, moved here when I was really little um, to, to Utah County and uh, spent most of my life down there. Um, I married a North Ogden girl and uh, she, she, she drugged me up here. During the <laughs> pandemic, we were going nuts. My parents had relocated up here after my dad retired. He worked at the IRS for a long time. And uh, so we weren't around family or anything. And a lot of our friends had kind of moved out and stuff at that point. So we're like, oh, let's build a house up in North Ogden. So we came yeah. up here and brought our, our one-year-old at the time. And then uh, we have a, an, another one that came after him. So cool. got two kids. Um, what do I like to do for fun? I like to – recently I've been trained for triathlons. Nice. So that's been pretty fun um, doing that. Um, I, I did a lot of, like, track and field events in college and – and high school and stuff. And so I just had to get back into competing. And I was going to ask you how you stayed trim. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. Swimming and biking and doing some running and stuff. So what events did you do in high school? Uh, I did pole vault and the, uh, and hurdles. Cool. And then in college I did pole vault and decathlon Very cool. at Utah Valley university. So then I came nice. up here. So very cool. Yeah. Well, good. So, um, Matt is, uh, from a professional standpoint, you, um, are our third party provider. So in the, you know, marketing world, um, you can try to build out a tech team yourself if you have an agency like I do, or you can find a partner that does wholesale. Um, and so they work for us on the back end, but he is, um, our partner for a lot of our digital services that we do. And um, when you own a, you know, a marketing company like I do, I've been approached by probably 30 people that do similar things to you do, mm-hmm. to, to what you do. And I always, I always told them no. It's <laughs> like, no. Uh, a, I didn't want to like mess up what we were building with Connection Publishing. Yeah. And then B, I just I had a hard time trusting them. And I just felt like they would say a lot of stuff, but not really back it up. And and I honestly wasn't that much different with you. I was like, seemed like a nice guy, but I just, maybe it's because of my, you know, um, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't always think, okay, this, this will work good as a partnership. So, um, so anyway, the, um, difference is with you, we just stayed in touch, um, for mm-hmm. a while. And as we were kind of making this transition in 2022, our pr- prices for paper went up for printing is up 68%. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And no signs of improvement. In fact, postage just went up again. Wow. Um, I'm now paying, you know, several hundred dollars more a month in just postage um, after many other increases too. So, um, th- so that's all been crazy. And I've said, yeah, we're going to get put out of business by all these price increases if we don't change and start offering new products and new services. And because I've studied marketing my whole life, I was like, well, if I do this, I want to do it right. And I started really researching and going into what the best sources are uh, for marketing. And and Matt's been awesome because he's helped me along the way and helped me learn some things. But then 
Um, he's also matched more the temperament of what we wanted for our clients because, you know, in, in a lot of circles, when you talk through these things, everybody talks about, well, this is the most profitable. This is the most profit. This is what you should sell because it makes the most money. Yeah. I've never, ever operated that way. And so I've loved that you're not that way either. <laughs> we try to find what's going to be best for that client. And um, so that's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about how you got started, how you, uh, you know, I know you were working for a company and then they closed down. And so yeah, to give us that background. Sure. So I started doing digital marketing back in 2016 or 2017, um, sort of as a side hustle. I'd always been really interested in advertising and, and uh, online marketing and stuff. Um, and my, my brother-in-law at the time had a pest control company that he was doing door-to-door sales with. And I was like, Hey, I can, do Google ads for you. And I had no yeah. idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, cool, that sounds good. Let's do it. I was like, great. So I just like YouTube how to set up an ads account and just yeah. got started that way. And I uh, had some pretty good success with that. And we just would run ads during the summer when he was selling, yeah. selling door to door. And uh, every summer we did that for like three or four years. And then, uh, um, had the opportunity to jump on with a digital marketing agency, um, based down in Utah County. Um, and did that for a couple of years and really just like honed in my skills and, and learned a lot more things on top of Google ads. So started doing paid social media, um, content creation, all sorts of different things and, um, and helped a lot of e-commerce companies. Uh, we did a lot of lead generation for, uh, service companies, um, thing I, we worked with a company called zero res, um, and yeah. stuff. So we did lead gen for for home services and yeah. whatnot. And it was super fun. But then, you know, that company, um, the, the CEO got a bunch of funding for a uh, e-commerce store that he was running and, and those investors wanted to see him more fully engaged in the e-commerce store. So he just shut down the agency and was like, okay, we'll see you later. <laughs> I was like, all right, sounds good. So had the opportunity to start my own, um, agency at that point and, uh, kind of never stopped, just went, went full bore on that and didn't look back. And, Right. Here we are. So, yeah. yeah. So been doing that. And I guess through my, I, I, I actually appreciate what you said about, you know, how I take an approach where I do what's best for the customer. And that's sort of what I learned at, at that agency and, and working with a bunch of different business owners is you don't necessarily want to do the thing that's most profitable if it doesn't fit in with the brand image right. or the, or the messaging or whatnot. So we, right. we definitely do what is what business owners are most comfortable with, but I always will give you know, advice and say, Hey, you know, I think, you know, Google ads is the best way to get leads for your type of business. But if they just really want to push on Facebook ads, you know, we can do those too. And right. we can usually get a, a pretty good return for them either way. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before as well, but you need multiple layers mm-hmm. in a marketing campaign as it matures. But if you're going to start somewhere, there is an answer to that. And mm-hmm. through research, you know, I always call you, I'm like, Matt, what about this one? You know, <laughs> we're going to do this and this. And then you're like, okay, well, this is what I'd recommend. And yeah, the nice thing is with data, data, however you say it, it's, it gives you those answers. It does. It tells us, okay, they're like, I'll give you an example. We, um, talking to Kent's, um, safes and smokehouse sports mm-hmm. store here in, in town, they sell gun safes and, um, smokers. And, we looked at looked it up, and there's just not enough search volume to make paying for search volume worth it for him. And so we're going to take different approach with him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's a really valuable thing. And I think he appreciated it when we went and visited with him. And I was like, look, there's not enough search volume. I don't want to sign you up for this. Yes, we could capture the ones that are coming, but it's not enough to make this justifiable. Yeah. And I I really like that uh, approach as well. So, um, so. Go through the types of industries that you've kind of worked with 
um, we're obviously yeah. very local, <laughs> but I know you've, you know, and especially with working with agencies all over, mm -hmm. you probably got a huge variety of. Yeah, we've worked with a, with a lot of different, uh, a lot of different verticals and stuff. So we've done e-commerce. That's a, that's a big one we've done. Um, for some reason I've, the clients that I worked with in e-commerce have a lot, a lot of them have been like outdoor type, um, outdoor type stores or emergency preparedness clients, which has yeah. been fun. Um, worked with some everyday carry, um, sort of like, like I call it a men's brand. Anyone could buy it, but it was, sure. it was kind of geared towards men and like carrying pens and knives and wallets and things like that. Yeah. So, um, those are some, some fun clients that I worked with. So we've done e-commerce, um, lead generation for, for B2B, um, clients. So we worked with a big, uh, a, uh, what do you call it? Packaging manufacturer mm -hmm. and tried to get them leads for for big companies that needed packaging. So like companies like Coca-Cola or Banana Boat or yeah. whatever they look for, for vendors that can sell them plastic packaging. And so we sure. help them find leads for that. Um, we've worked with home services. Um, so like plumbers and, and, uh, plumbers, electricians, electricians carpet cleaners, things like that. Cool. Um, we work with a lot of healthcare professionals. So we work with uh, med spas and, dental offices, plastic surgeons, uh, things like that. So we've cool. worked in a lot of those. We've done, um, what's some other random ones we've done? Uh, medical devices. We've done some medical really? device stuff, like nice. medical lasers and things. Um, and then also um, some other B2B, like uh, B2B technology companies. We've done some real estate and stuff like that too. So, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of all cool. over the place. It's been yeah. fun. A lot, of, a lot of experience <laughs> there, which is, which is good. Um, uh -huh. So share with us one of your biggest success stories. One of the things that you're like, wow, that went awesome. Yeah. Um, so um, it's probably one of our clients that we have right now. I can't disclose their name because we, we're their white label partner. And so yeah. we act as their marketing team. Yeah. Uh, and they've been awesome to work with. They're based here in Utah. Um, and we were able to, to take their basically their entire paid media program and expand it and become their, their paid media team. Uh, so we, we came on board and sort of we're going to help, I guess, consult with their paid media team. Then they had some changes in their organization and then they asked us to just take over. So we did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we managed quite a few accounts for them and we were able to increase their client sales across the board by about um, 12 or 13 million dollars wow. year over year, which I think was about a 40 percent increase yeah. um, year over year for for them. And. Um, we've continued to work with them and have had great success and they keep bringing on new clients and, and stuff. That's so awesome. that's been, that's been super fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And even like in our organization, um, we have a, a local dealership here that we just got numbers on yesterday mm -hmm. and, uh, I, you know, obviously it's performing really well for yeah. them. And what's interesting is that they were like, well, we'll try it out with you guys. They're already doing other stuff mm -hmm. in the same places but we have a relationship with them from the magazine and we've come in and they're like wow you number one and number two ads are the stuff you're doing and as i've talked about this with other clients i'm like that comes down to understanding the technology and the keyword research that we're doing on the front end yep that's how you get the results on the back end so maybe tell tell our listeners a little bit about that process if they're trying to get things because I'm sure you've seen when ads don't work. Yes. <laughs> and then when they do work. Yeah. So maybe what's the differentiation? They, they don't always work, which is sometimes frustrating. A but maddening. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's like sometimes you can't quite figure out exactly why they didn't work. But um, with, uh, 
yeah, the, I guess the, the process is to make sure you do enough research on the front end um, and then uh, and then use that research to help to help you make decisions down the road that helps you kind of dial in um, what is exactly working and what things you need to change. So um, I think, yeah, John Watson's a great example where we, um, you know, we, we're running Facebook ads for them and ha- we're able to work with their marketing team and talk to them a little bit about like their target demographics and people who are commonly coming into their stores. Um, and so we were able to build out a really good audience um, based on that within Facebook. And then we use some other technology that Facebook has to to build audiences that look similar to that. So people who are likely to, to click on the ads and, and uh, give information to John Watson and stuff. Um, we, we were able to build those out based on what the information that we had. And then um, after we launched the ads, we were able to, to look at things and say, okay, well, we're seeing you know this part of the demographic um, you know, this age group responds better to our ads. So, you know, we'll focus our targeting on those age groups and we'll ex- exclude others. And then that way we can really say, okay, well, if we're going to make the most money targeting people X, Y, Z, we should target those people and just exclude everyone else. Right. So that's kind of how, cool. we did, how we did that for them. And I think, I mean, every business is different, right? We've got companies the size of that. We've got even a few bigger companies mm-hmm. than that. But we also have some very small you know, local companies, they might not have that kind of audience data. So how yeah. do you how do you make up for that? Yeah. So usually with smaller smaller clients, we recommend doing paid search. Um, that's usually the best place to start because um, even in a local area, if there's small search volume, you're still able to to target people who are interested in a specific product or service based on keyword research. Um, so we. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Again, we do the research first and then we're able to say, okay, we have this list of, you know, 150 keywords that we're going to try and target. We have that, let that run for two or three weeks. And then we say, okay, we saw conversions from conversion being, I don't know how savvy all of you are, but conversion is either like a phone call or somebody requesting more information. Yeah. Um, So we say, okay, we got conversions from these 50 keywords will exclude all the other keywords that we're spending money because we know that these 50 keywords are, are, are working and then we'll focus on those and then we can see an improved cost per, uh, cost per conversion and lower costs for getting customers. And then at that point we can say, okay, let's try doing some tests and adding additional keywords that we didn't try before and, and seeing if we can expand that list. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I always like to tell people, I'm like, okay, this is going to take about a, you know, three to four days to get set up mm-hmm. and rolling. If you're ready to go right now, so you pull the trigger, it takes three or four days to get all the technical stuff set up. Sometimes a little longer, depending on how rough their website is, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, three to four days at a minimum. And then it's, you know, the first few months that you might see an immediate result, which is great when we yeah. nail it right the first time. But there's also that adjustment and that honing in of the audience. And like you said, you've got 50 keywords that are performing really well and 100 that aren't, eliminating those, and then maybe adding in some others that you're going to try and see if there's any other optimizations we can do. So that's kind of that process, but it takes, mm-hmm. it's not instantaneous. No, it's not. And and that's the kind of the fallacy or the 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 perception people have is that ads are instant successes, which sometimes we do see that. And we usually do see some results right off the bat, um, either being clicks or conversions or whatnot. Um, But usually we tell our clients or or people we work with that, 
you know, we, we want to run these ads for a month first to gather data. And then the second month is when we're going to kind of hone that data and optimize things. And then by the third month, you should be really humming and getting conversions at a really good cost per conversion. So usually it takes about three months to get things really dialed in. Um, and that's just, um, and it, it could be shorter than that. It just depends on how much data we can gather. Um, if there's a ton of search volume, it, it can be a lot quicker than that. But for generally speaking, we say about three months to get everything dialed in. Cool. And then you have ongoing fees to continue to advertise. What right. are you doing after those three to four months? Yeah, so the first three months are, is the big heavy lifts. Then after that, what we do is, um, it, that's where a lot of the, um, I guess, industry knowledge comes into play. Yeah. So we're looking at a lot of different optimizations that we can make that are um, on the back end of, with Google to kind of train their algorithm to um, to target people the best way possible. Um, and that's also when we do a lot of testing. So with the testing is, is also going to follow that same three month process where, you know, we will set up a test, we'll gather data, um, we'll hone it, and then we'll kind of see how, where it's at at that point. So usually tests though, if you have a lot of, a lot of stuff coming in, they'll, they'll be a lot quicker than the three months. Um, so we can, we can test things pretty quickly, but um, but yeah, after that, we, you know, we do the ongoing management. So we make sure that, you know, credit cards aren't failing, that, you know, everything looks good on the account. Every once in a while we'll get, um, you know, policy violations, uh, depending on the industry that you're in. Uh, sometimes Google will flag your website for different phrases or terms that are on there and we have to fight those and, and work through Google's labyrinth of support yeah. systems, yeah. <laughs> their, their black box of support. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things that we do, um, to, to hone things in apart from just the targeting, you know, it goes yeah. into a lot more of the, the setups and, and Google's backend on things and Facebook and whoever else we work and with. And really you make your money in the long run. The first few months, it's, you know, you're spending more than you are making in revenue yep. to get everything right and all the software you use and all the tools that you do and, of course, your knowledge. So, um, But I think the other piece of that is there's also trends and changes that happen in a marketplace and even words that people are using um, some TikTok trend can happen and it'll change the, <laughs> what people call things. Yep. And so you always have to look at that and say, okay, they're no longer calling it a widget. They're calling it a wadget, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. you know? And then you go change to that type of keyword. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and the only constant in digital marketing is change, right? And yeah. so it's like <laughs> with Google or Facebook, like we've been on the phone a few times. We're like, okay, I'm going to log in and do this thing for you on Facebook. I'm like, oh, they moved the thing that I need <laughs> I or they put it under some other menu. So there's, there's that. Uh, and then there's um, just new policies and stuff like um, a couple years ago with the iOS 14 updates um, on, with, on, on Apple phones that really affected a lot of e-commerce stores or Facebook yeah. marketing because it, we limited our tracking. So it's hard to get information back from websites on the results that we we're getting. Right. So we just had to learn how to build, build out around that and yeah. know, get the data that we needed. And now with, so talk to me a little bit about Google's announcement that they're going to start eliminating cookies, um, starting early next year. Yeah. And through the end of the year, they plan to have zero user cookies on Chrome. My guess is the others will follow suit. Mm -hmm. um, but what are your thoughts there and what's what's going to change? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a it's good that we're pushing for privacy online and protecting people's identities and, and whatnot. Um, it does make it super hard from a marketing standpoint if yeah. we don't have a lot of personal data on people. Um, but I think it's a good move overall for the internet ecosystem. Um, I think what we're going to see a lot of though is the 
Google already has pushed analytics off of universal analytics to uh, GA4, and I think we're going to see a lot more robust tracking through GA4 um, that will be cookie-less, um, that will kind of tie back into Google Ads, and there's going to be a lot of, they'll have a lot of information kind of hidden, but still help you be able to make decisions on the back end. Um, yeah. There's probably going to be a lot more AI tools that will yeah. come out that will help us with tracking and, and it's stuff. It's kind of but, a walled garden. Yep. Like they want you to stay in their stuff and they want to keep the data themselves and then they'll only share what they want to. With yeah. Us. So, but <laughs> exactly. Gotta play that game. Yep. Um, so on a, on an, on another level, talk about buyer intent data, um, because that's, that's kind of been a trending topic for several years, but it's one that I think the local market has largely either ignored or just not really fully understood where a lot of the bigger brands are using that paying attention to intent, meaning, you know, for those that aren't familiar, that just means when you start looking at cars and you start visiting car websites, that information is available to data aggregators and they take that and they're like, okay, this person's probably looking for a car. Mm -hmm. So then they'll start showing car ads, more car ads to you. So if you've ever looked for a car, you've started seeing <laughs> car ads everywhere. So with, you know, privacy, you know, with this privacy movement that's happening my question is is that going to go away like understanding intent mm -hmm. because if someone's starting to look at med spas for example you can use that data and utilize it to be more effective and just show the ads to people who are already looking um i just wonder how much of it will affect that like will we not know now and just <laughs> yeah some people that's... are predicting the the resurgence of traditional legacy media like magazines <laughs> because they're like you're not gonna have any data I, yeah i, I, that's I think there's well the money's in the data right so yeah. so google and facebook TikTok, they're going to be able to get you the data somehow so that's i think my prediction is we'll be able to still do retargeting we'll be able to target like audiences but it's going to be a lot more controlled and we won't have as much um as much say into who we target and who's who gets to see the ads so be the as platforms themselves that'll i i think so yeah and they'll use their algorithms and ai to to control who sees the ads um we but yeah that's i mean there's already a ton of regulation especially in like the medical space yeah. um for, with dentists or um, plastic surgeons or, or doctor's offices if somebody is a, a already a client to those, um, it's it's really hard to retarget those people because that would mean we'd have to get the information back from the from the provider that you know this person has purchased you know this service from a doctor and there's already like HIPAA HIPAA regulations right. and things. So um, that's already very regulated in yeah. in some industries. So um, things we can do though is like general retargeting. So if yeah somebody has visited a website and we know that they're not a customer or they've been to like a specific page on information um, we can retarget that and say hey you know we've got this special going on for teeth cleaning or whatever we saw you read our blog article on teeth yeah. cleaning or whatever <laughs> so i'm just making yeah. stuff up but yeah that's cool yeah so that yeah it is is it already kind of regulated in some some industries but i think we'll see just the yeah the big players kind of control that data and yeah and still allow us to do it but they'll control it yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, but I could be there. totally wrong. It could be. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, the one thing, like my most recent uh, two blog posts are called "Low Hanging Fruit," mm -hmm. and I talked about SEO, and there's still a lot of power in SEO. Yeah, uh, it's a slower process. It doesn't happen instantly. Where the 
the shortcut is really search ads mm -hmm. and you know google is still the king of search and so putting up google ads can really be a way to capture if there's existing traffic that's right and so you can look up and see what traffic volumes are and search volumes are for particular keywords and terms and so we can know yep. and say okay this many people are already looking for this and if we show your ads you can spend this much you can spend this much to get in front of everybody who does the search right now and and at least have a chance for them to click on your ad and then you know of course your website and then your phone skills and your follow-up skills are key in yep. closing that business but really you can you can know exactly what you need to do to show up all the time and capture at least some of that business yeah so talk some about the industry standards of like conversion rates and so if somebody if there's a hundred people searching for something in a community how many of those are going to click how many of those are going to convert and what are the factors on their website that and and then what do you do to make it better because we talk about this all the time yeah. you know and sometimes we look on somebody's <laughs> website and we're like we should no, just not gonna work we should just not run ads for a while yeah <laughs> we should fix the website first i put yeah. that in my my thing i was like if your website's terrible let's fix that first don't exactly don't start running ads until it's ready yeah so that's uh i guess i'll start from Let's just start from, uh, I guess, what we can do to help, or I guess, baseline. So wh what we look for kind of across the board is a if we can hit a 2.5% click-through rate. So if 100 people click or look, see your ad or search for your service and they see your ad, then we'll get about a 2.5 of them will will click on the, click on the ad. Right. And then if we can get a 2.5% conversion rate on the website to start with, that's really good. So if, kind of across the board for all industries, that's the average that we see online. Some are, some industries are higher than that. Some are lower. Um, for e-commerce, you know, if you can hit a 2% conversion rate, you're in like golden territory yeah. usually. And it, I mean, there's obviously products and, and stuff that are going to have a higher conversion rate or lower conversion rate just based on price and, and what the product is and stuff. Um, so that's something to consider as well. But yeah, for the most part, we shoot for 2.5% as the base for both of those metrics, click-through rate and conversion rate. Um, and then, yeah, we look at the website for a few different things right off the bat. First is going to be ease of, I guess, how quickly the page loads. That's the first thing that that's going to make a huge impact. So if I, someone clicks on my ad and takes my website eight seconds to load, that's an eternity online. Right. And people are just going to bounce back to the search engine, go to the next go to the next ad or the next listing and go to go to that page. Right. Um, so if we can get the load times down, that helps us get more people on the site and then they engage with your content or whatever's on, on that page. Um, and then that's your first step to, to improving your conversion rate because more people will stay on your site. Um, then we look for ease of contact. Um, so if somebody can click a phone number on your website, um, we always want to have a mobile friendly phone number on, on, the website and a mobile friendly site itself. Yeah. So when you land on the site, you can just click on the number, it pulls up your dialer. You can make a phone call. It's super easy. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing we look for is um, as far as contact is the um, form fill. If it's above the fold. So in traditional marketing, you know, in on a newspaper, above the fold is anything on the top half of the first page, right? Because of the fold. Right. So the same thing in digital marketing, we want to have all the important stuff right at the top. Um, so any kind of form fills or requests for information, we want that 
above the above the cutoff on the screen, so it's easy to get to, and they can just access it super quickly. Um, so usually on a, phone? on a phone, we also want it kind of at the top there. So um, this high up on the pages, you can get it. Um, yeah. And yeah, let's see. I lost my train of thought there. Um, so those are like the the three big things that we work on. Um, after that, um, we usually can do um, landing page tests. So we, uh, with a client of ours recently, they had about six or eight fields in their form. And uh, we had, a, I think their conversion rate was like just under a percent, it was like 0.9%, almost for business service. So they were like, well, that's pretty good. And we're like, well, we can improve that. So we changed their form to a multi-step form. So the first thing you entered in was just your email address. And you click next and they asked you for your name phone number, business name, and then some other information. Uh, but that first step where they've committed some a little bit of information already really helped us gather the rest of the information and kind of show their intent that right. they're serious about um, inquiring about that service. And just making that change alone, we were able to increase their landing page conversion rate by like 200%. So I think it went up, uh, the highest we got it during that period was like 3 point something percent. So yeah, 3.2, I think. If you guys are interested yeah, in that random okay. number, but <laughs> <laughs> better than three point something. Um, but yeah, so we just with small changes like that, we can test. And so we we used a landing page builder to run both of those in experiences at the same time. And we were able to say, oh, yeah, this multi-step works better. So we'll just shut down the other part of the, the test. Right. And then we only ran the, the multi-step form. Then we tested other things like um, button colors. Um, uh, we tested ad or text at the top of the page, um, putting a, the address for the location, things like that. We just test everything, yeah. um, anything that we think can help somebody get to a business, call a business, or contact a business. So, you know, we thought th that through and tested that. I want to I want to come back to landing pages in just a second, but do you have a, a stat on because I think the old way of doing business and we work with a lot of people who've been in business for a long long time mm -hmm. and so they tend to be a little more traditional a little more old school they want people to call them yeah but what percentage of people are going to call especially on a first interaction versus try to get the business to call them by filling out a form <laughs> yeah i think it depends on the industry um okay. so and and also the demographic of people that you're yeah shooting for um, the older the more likely they are to call yeah the younger the less <laughs> likely like, I don't right. want to call I just want to like get contacted have people give me the information that I need yeah um, text me don't even call me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so as far as um, rates go um, usually about sixty percent fifty five to sixty percent of traffic going to any website is going to be mobile traffic anyway. Um, so we really try to optimize towards the mobile phones first um, for every business. Um, and that's, I haven't seen anybody less than 50% in a long time, but I'm sure there's some industries that might experience that. But, yeah. um, but I would say the majority, well, so in, for example, for in some of our medical, some of our medical clients that we work with, um, we get a lot more phone calls than we do form fills um, for specific services. Like dentists are a good example. So um, we we set up different conversions. We have a, a call from the ad 
um, we has called the call extension on Google. So if somebody will see your phone number right in the search engine results pages, and then they can just click the phone number to call right from there. They don't even go to the website, which is really cool. That's, cool. That's a great way to get conversions. It's super easy and to get more phone calls. And get tons, so yeah, simple. tons of phone calls that way. Um, and then. So we have that conversion and then the phone number on the website, usually because there's, I guess, more options to call. Yeah. Um, we'll get more phone calls that way. But um, but dentists are, are a good example where we'll get more phone calls because they'll you know, land on the pages and we just have yeah. those options available. Um, and usually it's like, oh, I'm just going to schedule this appointment because my tooth hurts or, right. or whatnot. But, um, Some urgency in there. To yeah, get, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I had a, I have a, another friend who owns an, another agency here locally, um, and they work a lot with uh, mechanic shops, auto, mm-hmm. auto shops. And he told me some crazy stat. I can't remember what it was. Like sixty percent of searches don't result in a click through to a website. Um, no, no clicks, or so they have some term for it. Yeah, some crazy number. And he's like, they're engaging with the business through Google or through the maps. Yep. And map searching is massive now um my kids if i tell them to look up something they go right to the map you know to go someplace or mm-hmm. whatever or to call someplace you know you know my day it was the phone book <laughs> and then we migrated into searching google so a lot of people in my generation we go to our safari and then we type in okay where's coffee shops near me whatever yep. it is right well i my kids do the map they go to the map you know pizza near me yep they're going to find what they're looking for just because they're, you know, they're, they're uh, trained differently and yeah. thinking differently. And then there's a lot of voice search too happening. So a lot of different changes in our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like you said, the one constant in digital <laughs> marketing is change. Yeah. Someone's always going to come up with an easier way to get information. And then that's going to, yeah, that's going to be the new thing. So. And really, if you think about it on the, on the very simplest form, because you've got some very sophisticated clients and then we have some that, you know, that aren't, they're not sophisticated and they don't necessarily need to be. They, they run successful businesses. They're happy with what they have. It's yep. not bad. They do want to do more business. And so on that, on that side, I would say that the key is to try to make things as easy as possible. Um, when we were first building out Connection Publishing's website, for example, I was, I knew I want a clickable phone number, right? Just so yep. somebody could go to the website on their phone, tap on it and then call us. And a lot of people don't think about that. That's like one very simple way to do it. And one of the tools that um, I'm uh, really encouraging and I, and I want to uh, find a solution for is on-site chats because that go to, to the owner's phone or to a, a key person's phone because people don't want to call anymore. And if, you, if they fill out a form and then there's that delay time, but like during business hours, it's great if somebody can send a question in right away and yeah. uh, we've tested a few on our what to eat for dinner site, which has been kind of interesting. And I was like, people were asking questions. I'm like, this is really helpful <laughs> from a customer service standpoint. Yeah. We took it off of what to eat for dinner because we're like, that's a business that's still like budding. We're trying to make it make money. So I don't, I, I can't have time spending chatting with people exactly. on how to do this recipe, but it's good customer service. Yeah. And when that company makes money, we'll for sure do that. But at this point, like for connection publishing or connection media company, like that's going to be a key piece going forward is being able to communicate with people at their level where they're at 
being willing to text people, having someone on your team who's willing to call people when they fill out a form, those yep. kinds of things are, are crucial. And they have been for a while, but some businesses just haven't adapted and, and yeah. it's time, you know? It is. And we actually, we have conversations with clients all the time where they're like, hey, you're sending us tons of leads, but our conversion rate of those leads are down. And so we kind of dig into, you know, are the leads that you're contacting, are they qualified? Are they, you know, the things you're looking for? And a lot of times they are. And the problem is actually in the sales process once they get the lead. So usually, you know, if you can contact the lead within, you know, a couple of minutes from getting the, the yeah. information, that's best. But if you can do it the same day, that's the next best thing. You know, as quickly as you can contact them, that's a, that's a great thing. Um, you know, if you have changes in your front office staff, um, that's another thing to look out for. Um, we've we've had issues with that and other clients. So somebody will come in and they're kind of new to selling or pre- presenting the product or service that you're sell- that or that they're offering or booking or appointments. Yeah. yeah, and they'll say, "Oh, our conversion rate dropped um, in July," and we'll say, "Okay, well, have you hired anybody Changed. new? Have you done anything <laughs> different in your office?" They're like, right. "Oh yeah, we hired Becky, and she's you know new here or whatever." Yeah. Like, okay, well, you know, talk to her and you know, train her up on the sales process, and then we'll we'll go from there and see if we can. Yeah. And we always want to continue to improve the, the quality of leads that are coming in from the ads. But, right. but you definitely have to look at, you know, the people process, right. people's process and, and product that you have to make sure that it's a good fit for yeah. what the marketing that you're doing. So earlier I said, I want to come back to landing pages. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another little piece that I think people overlook. The internet world is highly into landing pages. Yes. Local businesses, they're like, just send them to my website. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If somebody, uh, we have a day spa client, right? And if yep. somebody is interested in a facial, for example, on the simplest level, they see an ad for a facial and they click through and it just goes to the website. The problem is, I always talk about it like this. Sometimes people get frustrated because they're like, why does Google do it this way? And I'm like, Google is trying to do the best they can to deliver the best service to you and I. Exactly. So when we search for something, I'm like, I need a new tire. And they show me a tire shop in Colorado. I'm not going to be happy with that service. I don't live in Colorado. I live in Utah. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're not going to show me a a tire shop in Colorado. They're going to show me a tire shop nearby. And if I don't find what I'm looking there, it actually decreases the likelihood that they're going to show that shop to someone else. Yeah. So if someone wants a facial and they're going to your blank website and a facial isn't the first thing that they see, your bounce rates are going to be way higher. Yes. So if you're running an ad on facials, you should have a landing page that specifically talks to that, has powerful imagery and powerful wording. Um, I teach a lot on the philosophy side of advertising as well. And right now in, in the internet world, they say you have three seconds. The attention span of a goldfish is like five to seven seconds. The attention span of a human, or no, is eight to nine seconds. The attention span of a human is five to seven. So we have a lower attention span than a goldfish, which is rough for marketers, you know, but on, on a landing page, it should be very specific. Yes. And you should have multiple landing pages for your multiple products. And Mm -hmm. so when people pop in and they're like, I'm interested in a land, I'm interested in a facial, the page that pops up should be all about facials. Yeah. Still have access to everything else. Have it be part of your website, but make it very simple. Here's how you get a facial. You know, do you want to book right now? Yes. I want to book right now. I know what I want. I'm ready to go. I'm interested in more information. Yeah. Okay. Do this for more information. Very simple. Use landing pages. That's a service uh, that we provide, which is great. So we can make landing pages individually for ads that are running. But, you know, take the time to do that. Don't just dump people onto your yeah. own page. 
and say, let them find it. You know, we do facials. They're on the menu. They're not going to find it. They're yeah, not going to work. And, and within marketing, at least with, with digital marketing and conversion rate optimization, we like to say, you know, you want to reduce friction for people yeah. to, to get to their end goal. And, and anytime someone has to click or go to a new page, that increases the friction for them to convert. So if you can... Lowers their yeah, likelihood of continuing. Exactly. Yeah. So if you can get somebody to the page for the product or service that they're specifically looking for and make it very easy for them to contact you about that. That's the ideal thing yeah. to do. So whenever we set up ads, we try to avoid sending anyone to the home page unless it's like an awareness campaign. If you right. just like want to say, Hey, I just want people to know my business is here. Right. We'll send tons of traffic to the home page. But if we want to sell a specific product or service, we want the traffic to go to a specific page on the yeah. website or a specific landing page that we build out. And on the, on the mental part of that, on the psychology part of that, what's happening is you have two different types of advertising. You mm -hmm. have active search where you're trying to capture that low hanging fruit. Those are the people who are already know what they want, or at least kind of think they know what they want. They may be researching it still, but they're looking for specifically something. Yep. Like if you're like, I really like silk ties, right? Mm -hmm. You start looking for silk ties. You want to show up. If you sell silk ties, you want to show up when that person's looking for silk ties. Exactly. That's active search. That's someone who's actively looking for what you've got. Now on the other side, you have passive discovery. And that may be someone who doesn't even know silk ties are cool or doesn't know that they're important to wear. And you may do a campaign that's like, hey, we make silk ties and here's why they're great. That person can go to your main website because your main website really is a brochure on mm -hmm. what you do and why it's valuable and cool and awesome. But if I'm really looking for red silk ties and you're like, we have a special on red silk ties and I click on the button, it takes me and it's all blue silk ties, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> when you're doing active search, it's about less friction, making things super easy for them to find yep. exactly what they want. Make it very, very relevant yep. to what the keywords are and, and everything. And like options. Yeah. Right. Fill out a form, book an appointment, call us, whatever you want to do. We're here for you. Let's do it. Chat yep. right now. All of that. Dealerships are doing really well with that right now. Hey, I'm online. I'm here. Yeah, I see you're looking at the car. If you have any questions, let me know. Yep. And that is tied to a real person. It's AI at first, but right after you send in, yeah, what about this? How many, you know, what's what's happening with the seatbelt? It looks whatever. Mm -hmm. They can answer that for you. And the better they are at doing that, the more interaction they're getting, and they can come get a test drive, which people buy cars when they test drive them. Yep. So, so on the other side, active or passive, that's a totally different ball game. But that's why both you and I say this all the time. Start with search. <laughs> yes. Unless there's not enough volume. Mm -hmm. And then we go to passive discovery. Yep. And so, for example, our safe guy, we're going to work on passive discovery because there's not enough people actively saying, I need a gun safe. But there's plenty of people with guns and there's plenty of people looking for them or have it in the back of their mind somewhere. And now we can generate that interest over here and yeah. deliver on that side as well. Exactly. So, and like RoofMax, I'll use that as another example. That's an example where you have something that's unique that doesn't fit the market super well because nobody's really, they don't know, unless they are experiencing RoofMax already and they've heard about it, they're not going to search for a roof spray that makes their shingles last longer. Yeah. They don't think that way. They're going to look for roofing companies. Well, a lot of times for us, they end up being too far gone down the process. We can't save their roof because they know because they probably got a leak and they're like, I need a roofing company to get a leak. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like that two steps beyond where we need to find them. So we focus way more on passive discovery yeah. than we do on active search. And that makes sense because people are going to say, Oh, my roof has been looking kind of 
shoddy recently or whatnot. Right. So, but then they see your ad, like, oh, hey, that's that's going to fix my oh, problem that I have. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like how my roof looks, but I don't want to replace it because it right. was like eight years ago or something. Yep. So exactly. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So there there are options, and we'll we always both of us always want to try to do what is actually best for that yeah. client, which is which is good. Yeah. So. And as far as like going back to maps and, and chats and all that for, for small local businesses, um, I think that's one of the reasons why we do push hard for, for search ads, um, especially for like home services and stuff, because people are looking for those things specifically. Yeah. And it's a great way. Yeah. Like you said, this the low hanging fruit, like people who are already interested in your product or service and they just don't know where to get it. And then right. you're like, Hey, right here. Right here. So yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's that active search. That's awesome. And then the cool thing with Active Search too is that once they have kind of started looking at things, like if you click on a Honda Pilot ad, you're going to see Honda Pilots <laughs> everywhere you go. Yep. If you click on a Chevy Silverado, you are going to see Chevy Silverados everywhere you go. I have two daughters that have recently purchased uh, CRVs, Honda okay. CRVs. I don't, they got the same car, <laughs> uh, basically a different color. And um, because I've been helping them, I see Honda CRVs everywhere. I'm like, not just in the world, because that's part of what happens in our brains, but yeah. just online. Like, I'm like, I'm not looking for a Honda CRV. My daughters were, and they've got them, but it's just kind of funny how it happens. But yeah. That retargeting is also extremely valuable. It so is. That's it is very, very really valuable tool. So, well, let's switch gears for a second. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're building a business, um, you're building this. Um, Wholesale agency um, in our industry, they call it white labeling. Mm -hmm. That means that you take a back seat. You know, you you have a company, but it's not the front facing, the customer facing company. It's you know, you're our provider, you're our contractor that um, does the work when yeah. you go out and make a sale. Um, and but you're still building a business, right? You have uh, contractors, you have employees, you have people that work for you. Talk to me a little bit about leadership, organization. How do you operate? How do, how have you been? seeking to grow and <laughs> yeah you know because it's it's challenging no matter what industry <laughs> yeah it is in, so. it's true so right now i'm kind of in the phase where um where, whatever i'm trying to do that's where i build my team out yeah. <laughs> um, so recently we've been doing a lot of uh outreach and i'm um, trying to to get new clients so i've been building out kind of a sales team and a business yeah. development team um but i try to my philosophy is to give everybody as much responsibility as possible not just because i'm i don't want to do anything but because i think people have have amazing capabilities yeah. and and stuff so my team uh we work basically um together but separately so we we have um specific managers over specific accounts and then we kind of collectively collaborate on things and and bounce ideas off of each other and uh everybody's kind of a, a partner that way uh in the business we've got five people on our team right now um and uh yeah we've just been trying to grow it so um I've, I've been really trying to yeah just empower people and and let them know like i'm here to support you i like a lot of what uh, gary v has to say about leadership where you know if an employee is struggling you shouldn't point the finger at them and say what are you like why aren't you working harder it's right. you should look at yourself and say how can i help you what can i understand better about your situation to help uplift you at work and yeah. to help you do a better job you know maybe they have problems with with family at home or they've got a sick kid or you know their dog ran away and they're upset right. or whatnot there's a lot of different things that are a going on it's like life, yeah. yeah it's like hey if i can take 
you know, take pressure off of you for a day or two to help you get things in order. You know, when you come back, you're going to be much happier and, and things are going to work better. I'm happy to do that. So, yeah. um, that's sort of how I, how I operate. That's awesome. That's key because I, you know, I know people talk sometimes like people just aren't motivated. Mm-hmm. I actually don't find that. Yeah, me neither. I don't find it because I find when people are doing something they like and they have the right tools and they understand the responsibilities that they hold, they, they want to do a good job. The only time I think people stop wanting to do a good job is when two, two things. One is when they're in a dead end job that they're just like, there's no future for me. I hate this and mm-hmm. they're unhappy. And part of that is their fault. I say, well, go go learn something and, and try to do something else if this is where you don't want to be. Yeah. Um, for our employees, like I've always, um, I hire, I tend to hire very entrepreneurial minded people because I'm so entrepreneurial minded. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always thinking in a business term. And I tell them all the time, I'm here for you. If you have ideas and you're trying to pursue them and you want to pursue something as a second income, whatever, I will help you in any way that I can. I will help you for free. Like I'm here as a resource for you. Not that I know everything, but I just, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm in business. And so they're like, I've never had a boss like that. They always don't (laughs) want me to do other things on the side. And I'm like, well, I do things on the side. So I feel like that's just how it should be. But I think in that process, like they become better at their job because I'm like, okay, you want to market that. How, how are you going to do this? Who's your who? Who Define your who. Who's your why? Or what's their why? Why would they do business with you? Yeah. What, let's do market research. What are the key words for this that are happening? What's the search volume? So by doing that, A, they're like kind of surprised. And I actually learned that from my brother-in-law. He was like, I help. If, if somebody wants to become a dentist or an orthodontist like me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help them. I'm going to show them where to go to school. I'm going to give them the tools that they want so they can improve their life if they want to. And I think it empowers people and it makes them think I can, I can do this and I can perform at a high level. Yeah. And I do lose employees here here and there. We just lost one that uh, she uh, was our social media manager. She was our um, content manager. She uploads all, we have a ton of content with connection publishing. So she would upload it all to our websites Mm -hmm. And she, on the side, she's been a wedding photographer, and she called me, and she's like, this is my favorite job I've ever had. But she's like, <laughs> I have to quit because I'm so busy with the wedding business, wedding photography business that she's like, I cannot do both. And I, yeah. I want to do a good job for you if I'm going to be here. And she's like, I don't have the time. And so I'm excited for her. Like, that's awesome. And we can have someone else do the work, you know? Yeah. And there's other people who need it at the time. And so for me, it's... I think empower. I think what you're doing is great. Because yeah. Giving people responsibility, giving them tools. That's one that's hard sometimes, you know. Um, I've been building out our website recently, and one of the things I've been doing is thinking about what do my salespeople need to know to sell this product? Mm-hmm. So if, if you go to connectionpub.com and you read through it, it's got all these details, and it's so my salespeople can go to the website <laughs> and say, this is a new product. I don't know about it yet. Yeah, what I can is read it about it. I can read about it or watch the video about yeah. it. And that's kind of the way I've been thinking is because I want them to have the information to be able to share with the client and give them information. But yeah, I think that's that's super cool. And, and to, I think the what a lot of maybe the traditional way of thinking about business is that uh, you don't want your employees doing other things. But I think, um, you know, everyone's success contributes to the success of everyone else around you. So, if, yeah. you know, the social media manager is an example, you know, she went and did her, her, um, her wedding photography business, but that opened up another job for somebody else to come right. and who wants to learn maybe who's like, Oh, I just yeah. I've never done this before, but it's something I want to learn how to do. 
and uh, you know, kind of because she was able to move up and on, you know, somebody else can move up into her position yeah. as well. So, I and think hopefully they learn skills yeah. in the role they're in that they like. She can now, you know, manage her own social media, yeah, and exactly. do different things because she's had that experience, and that's awesome. So yeah, it helps her be more successful in the long run. Yeah, I think it also helps build trust too between you and your employees because if you're like, hey, if you're doing something on the side, you know, tell me about it. I want to help you out. Right. Then they're not like secretively Hiding. doing stuff, and they're like, oh. If if Ryan finds out he's going to fire me and then they have like this grudge and they don't need to have it, you know? So, so. true. And often like I partly because I geek out over marketing stuff. <laughs> I just want them to call me and be like, I'm thinking of my brand. I'm trying to figure out my logo. I'm trying like, I love that stuff. So I yeah, get excited fun. about it. And yeah. instead of being like, wait, you're doing stuff on the side. But I mean, I only have like four businesses. So <laughs> that's just kind of something. I like but, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, maybe I'll have four someday. That's yeah, a, that's the goal. I'm not sure a it's a good more. goal to go for, but yeah, <laughs> it's hard to be. You know, they say have one focus, and I'm like, I got one focus on four things. <laughs> but something always falls. You know, if you're if yeah. you're uh, not paying attention. But yeah, sometimes I just have more ideas than there are hours in the day. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> and with new businesses too, they take so much time. That's that's the thing with with uh, my agency is it's. It's fairly new still, so I'm spending a ton of time on it. So I'm not doing anything else. Systemizing and prioritizing yep. and how to you know handle the challenges that come and yep. and making sure you're doing a good job, serving people well. Mm-hmm. And always the question to ask isn't how how much money can we make from this? It's how does this serve people? Yeah. And there's things that we've started, and then I later back off on them because I'm like, okay, it doesn't make sense. We can't either do a good job of it, or we can't make money doing it so you do have to make money but yeah it needs to be it has to to be you have to have it yeah you have to be doing a good job at it i think that's something that digital marketing has taught me you know especially for like organic marketing on youtube or facebook or or whatnot it's like if you're not providing value to people then they're not going to give you the currency of those platforms which is views and likes and things like that so you really have to be doing a good job of the of what you're doing so like with yeah with digital marketing you want to provide good content and relevant content yeah and stuff so you can uplift the people who are coming into to your site and stuff cool so um we're gonna wrap up here but at the end um tell me about something you're excited about both on your personal life but then also on the business side is there some new technology or something that's (laughs) got you excited or thinking oh um, yeah let's see both personal and professionally that's a good question um personally doing the so i've been training triathlons we talked about at the beginning i've got the uh, east canyon triathlon coming up i'm just doing the sprint i'm not like an iron man or anything like, so don't <laughs> don't hold me to that but i don't know you look pretty iron than me so <laughs> thanks uh, but yeah i have that coming up in uh, in a couple of weeks so it's middle of august um i've been training i got sick back in june there's that sickness going around and yeah. put me out for like three weeks and then i finally got back to training and i was super lethargic and then started feeling good like a week ago and uh my training's been going great so i'm really excited to do the the triathlon triathlon. so that's kind of fun and then professionally um what am i excited for man there's a lot of things going on um i think i'm the most excited for right now is just how um i'm interested to, to see how marketing is going to change with a lot of the new technology that's coming out, especially with like a virtual reality and metaverse and 
uh, cryptocurrencies and things like that. Um, there's been a lot of innovation in those spaces, but it's still really early. So I'm, right. I think I'm really excited to see how, um, you know, paid media is going to integrate into those areas and, yeah. and how they're going to explode. Cause I think, you know, everybody's on their phones now anyway. I think it's just right. a matter of time before, you know, we're all on hey, Google glass didn't really come to fruition right. as they wanted right. it to. But <laughs> I think eventually, you know, we're going to be wearing augmented reality glasses and things yeah. and, and so it'll be cool to see how um, how that technology kind of affects marketing and how we interact with each other and businesses yeah. and stuff too. So, see, I was hoping technology get to the point where I don't need glass because I'm getting to the age <laughs> right. where I probably need them. <laughs> where you just like get a little take blurry. a nanobot pill and they fix your eyes. Yeah, and... your eyes are better, and I don't have to wear glasses. <laughs> cool, <but. laughs> that'd be sweet. But, yeah, you know, having them do things would be cool too. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think it'd be. That's what I'm excited for, yeah. just to see what's what's coming. There's a lot of cool stuff right now, of like ChatGPT and AI. Yeah. Those are in really early stages, um, and those will change how we do everything in the next few years, I think, too. Cool. So, yeah. So, um, Warp Drive Digital. Yep, Warp Drive Digital Marketing is the uh, name of the company. So, if you're an agency and you're needing a back end, back office um, type stuff, they're great. If you're a consumer and want help, we can help you with, with Connection Media and um, love to sit down with you and kind of make a plan and go through everything. So awesome. really appreciate you coming on and yeah, thanks all for the work me. you do for us. It's it's awesome. I'm it's super good. tickled. Most of the customers <laughs> we're working with, they're like, you're our number one source of leads now. And I'm like, <laughs> sweet. that's what comes from hiring the right tech, tech guys, you know? So you got to get the right guys in your team and, and uh, we're grateful to have you. Awesome. I appreciate it. And I, I love working with you guys and, and all the clients that we have. They're all top-notch and great people. So. Yeah. It's kind of cool because you moved to North Ogden, saw the magazine, and called me, and you're like, hey, we should talk. And yeah. I was like, all right. You know, but you were at the end of everybody calling me, and I was like, I know, you want to do digital, but this has been a good partnership. I've really, uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I appreciate it. I've, awesome. I've loved it as well. Cool. Okay. Well, that's all, folks. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>